Yo, it's your boy Southbury706, KTSCF Podcast. This week, we are going to talk the legacy of Colin Powell, the 20-year anniversary of the iPod, me getting flamed for my quote-unquote terrible football takes, Little Boosie's obsession with Little Nas X, and our new segment, The Av, where we bring listener topics to the podcast. Tap in. Uh, one of my homeboy, Gary's homeboys in a Gator Twitter, um, he essentially said that I got packed up, <laughs> right? Like, I guess my, my tweet made it to his page, right? He posted, dead body, somebody break out the crime scene tape. This man's been ratioed to death. And I replied, uh, I can't be ratioed if people agreed with me. So I gave him an F plus. But we chatted, you know, we follow each other now. It was just, you know, good fun, fun times on Twitter. Shout out to him. Yo, it's your boy, Sapri706. This is KTSCF Podcast. We're going to do nothing. We just kick it. Subscribe to Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Support the crew. Right now, it's me and the, the Tech Messiah, CP Meth Life, Mr. Savage. I don't know what he's going by today, but uh, what's good? Shout out to Marcus, El Chapa, Gang Gang. Man, everything's going good my way, man. Just, um, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Shit. I don't know where Marcus is. I would have thought L would have been back by now, but who knows? But you know, I mean, he said he's in the streets, so you know, hopefully he's masked up, vaxxed up, holding it down. So, but yeah, we're gonna drop right into it. Uh, and last week, I want to talk about this. I think it happened like the next day after we recorded. But uh, R.I.P. Uh, to General Colin Powell, the first Black U.S. Secretary of State. Um, and I hate to even have to report it like this, but um, from CNN Politics, it says dies of COVID-19 complications amid cancer battle. So Colin Powell, he was uh, kind of controversial uh, with his views on the Iraqi war, which low key, if you read some stuff, he was kind of set up to kind of be the fall guy because pretty much they didn't find any weapons of mass destruction. But per the intelligence that he was given. Uh, he was put out there in that pedestal to tell the American people uh, what it was. And the idea was that it gave it more validity coming from him. But I actually just ordered a book on Colin Powell. So I'm going to read about him. Um, I did not know he's from New York. So shout out to Harlem. So uh, definitely a, a sad incident. But not even talking about his life. The the main thing I want to, p- to pick on with this is, is that, of course, the, the crazies on the social medias, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter took an opportunity to jump on this man uh, as he was fully vaccinated that he still passed away from COVID-19. So it's one of those things where people look for confirmation bias, right? Like they'll ignore all the people that have been kept out of the hospitals and kept from being sick or dying. But when an 84 year old man suffering from cancer <laughs> which is exacerbated from COVID-19 dies, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we told you the virus don't work. Joe Biden, conspiracy. Oh, take your mask off. The fucking 5G chip, all that stuff. And this is like, bro, y'all can't be serious right now. You can't be serious. Like, it's kind of the same thing when like old people die on Twitter, like in general. People get all like, oh my God, how could this happen? Like, no. I'm like, bro, this cat was 89 years old, dog. Like, old old people die. So, yeah. Uh, and, and somebody on my timeline, 
tweeted that out with a with kind of a meme talking about like, oh, Colin Powell was fully vaccinated, but he passed away of COVID, and he got packed up to high heaven for his terrible tweet, as he should, because like you got to be able to look for for context on those things, man. Like, dude's eighty four years old, battling cancer, and unfortunately, you know that 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 was too much. So, RIP to him. Definitely uh, read about him, especially as a black person. Definitely inspirational character. Uh, one thing I heard is that like all through school, he had like average C's through his you know school career and then ended up being like one of the highest ranking positions in the government and the military. So, you know, I'm saying anything is possible. So shout out to him. Mr. Savage, what are your, what are your thoughts? It's just really unfortunate that we, you know, not, not just for him, but for anybody that anybody that passes away, we're immediately looking for did he did they die of COVID? Did they not die of COVID? Like that's the first question now. Like it's not even it it just doesn't even make sense. Like at the end of the day, he's a legendary leader in the black community. I mean, to be able to achieve so much success and to kind of venture up to uncharted territories as soon as as he did. I mean, no matter if you believed in his political views or not, the proof was in the pudding. He put in the work as a C student and um, he proves that, you know, you just never know. You, you never know your potential until you get around the right people or you get something that you're really into. Um, definitely sorry that... Uh, that he passed away, but once again, he's 84 years old. It, it happens. You can sneeze and die when you're that old, unfortunately. Um, but I just get tired of the whole the COVID, non-COVID, vax, non-vax argument. Like, it's just, it's exhausting at this point. But definitely RIP to him, um, you know, since he does have a book, you know, check that out. And that's it. That's all I have to say. I didn't know he was Jamaican because he's very light-skinned. To be honest, I didn't even know he was black until... What? Like, what did you think he was? Like, Mexican or... Maybe... Colin <laughs> or I don't know shit. He just didn't... Does he look black to you? Like, come on. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not trying to be funny, but he, he's very light-skinned. He could pass as a white person. I mean, I, I guess. I guess, I mean... That's neither here nor there. Yeah, it's really not RIP to Colin Powell. General yeah. There we go. Respect. All right, let me get this out to the Twitter. While we're doing that, since I can multitask, give a quick Falcons report. You know, if you can see the shirt. Unfortunately, I do support the Atlanta Falcons, a poverty franchise. But we uh, we won a game today, right? Um that's great, you know. I I guess you know by Twitter standards, a win is a win, but like I, I want more than that. I want more for that for me and for you, right? We beat the Miami Dolphins 30 to 28. And Kyle Pitts had an amazing day. It was actually tight end day, so it was, it was kind of good for him to show out uh to the tune of seven catches, 163 yards, averaging 23.3 yards per reception with a long of 39. On eight targets, so he's he caught seven out of his eight targets. So, shout out to him for kind of balling out and two weeks in a row, stepping up to the plate and being the highest uh, drafted tight end of NFL history, longest wingspan, all that stuff, and actually balling out. So, my problem is 
is that the Atlanta Falcons, who some people believe is a good team, others will believe is a you know pedestrian team, you know, went down to the wire with the Miami Dolphins, who are one and six. And if we're keeping it a buck, if you actually watch the game, like Tua Tungavaloa, who started the game out like completing like almost 100% of his passes, <clears throat> this man <clears throat> literally threw the game away with two terrible interceptions. Like soft, like freshman year of JV football interceptions. I'm just like, bro, what? And like as a as a, a supporter of the opposing team, I should be happy because that's helping my team win. But it was just so bad. I'm like, bro, why did you throw that pass? Like that doesn't make any sense. But yeah. Yeah, we, we came down to uh, down to the wire with a, a team that looks like they may only win a handful of games, which to me is very telling. But um, it is what it is. You know, celebrate if you want to. Um, I, I still don't see us winning more than a couple of games. I don't see us as a playoff team. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, bigger thing is I kind of want to shout out to Calvin Ridley, but at the same time slight him, right? So I do advocate for athletes, you know, taking a mental health day. Shout out to Naomi Osaka. Uh, you know, he he said he needed a mental health day, which I respect. Athletes are, are humans. They're people, too. However, Calvin Ridley has paid millions of dollars <clears throat> to perform a task, which is catch footballs and help the football team win. A lot of fans lauded him wide receiver one, right? Julio Jones departed to go to the Tennessee Titans, who rolled the Kansas City Chiefs without Julio doing anything, which is another discussion for another day. But, you know, he was lied as wide receiver one in the preseason or yeah, preseason. We had a joint practice with the Dolphins where there's a viral clip of Calvin Ridley cooking Xavier Howard on some 30 second long route where he did like double, triple moves and kind of touchdown pass. But like when, when the rubber comes down to the wire, this man was targeted 10 times. He caught four passes for 26 yards, averaging 6.5 yards for reception. He had a touchdown, which is cool, but that that's that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. To put that in perspective, the quote-unquote number two receiver, Russell Gage, had four receptions for 67 yards. And also had a touchdown with a long of 49 yards, which looked like it was busted coverage, but, you know, you got to take what you can get. But mm-hmm. I, I I don't know, man. Like, it ain't looking too good for Calvin Ridley high, man. That's all I'm saying. Like, you got to do better than that. And I had these concerns last week with, like, hey, you know, Kyle, Kyle Pitts is going to get his apparently. So when you add, in theory, more better players, your offense should improve. But – it, for whatever reason, something's not clicking. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's the play calling, but, you know, so Arthur Smith's offensive genius. So we'll see. It's a long season. Still got plenty of games to get it right, but um, I'm not I'm not having good warm and fuzzies about, you know, Calvin Ridley with this offense. Well, the good thing is you guys got to win. Um, and, you know, sometimes you have, like to, this. you have to take them how you can get them. Um I don't know. It's it, it's something missing with Ridley in general. Like I can, he seems like a very high end number two to me. I just don't see, and it's kind of like to me, Judy, him, Ridley, 
and Cooper, they're all like the same kind of receivers in a sense. Like they weren't mm. fast, they weren't overly explosive. And I see them all as just twos. Like I don't see them. Uh, Coop, I think Cooper's more physical than Ridley is. And I think that's the big He's a little heavier, Ridley. sure. Yeah. yeah. And Ridley yeah. might be a little bit faster than he is. But I just see them as, as really high-end twos. I don't think he – he doesn't do it for me as a one. Like, And I know I'm not trying to compare players, but – you know what? It's a once in a lifetime specimen, but you come from a, a specimen physically like a Julio. Um, you know, 6'3 and, and some change, 220, 225, you know, all muscle, 4'3, 40 speed, super explosive. Like, and then you just bring in Ridley, and it's kind of like, okay, yeah, he, he's he's good, but. I don't see him as like being a dynamic number one. That's just me. But um, regardless of the fact, you guys got Pitts, and Pitts is a true matchup nightmare. He's a unicorn. He's a freak of nature. That that dude is the real deal. If y'all feed him the ball, he is a matchup nightmare for real. And I I can only say, if the Falcons want to, they need defense. But if they want to be an offensive juggernaut. You get me another great receiver there, and you get me a really dynamic running back, and that offense will be something serious. Defense needs help because them niggas is kind of trash. I don't know what y'all got going on with pass rushers. Why y'all chose to stick with Dante Fowler is beyond me. Who's on the IR right now. Yeah, and he's much better at being in street clothes than he is performing as a pass rush artist. I mean, A.J. Terrell obviously ended up being the best cornerback of that draft class so far. You got a couple of other halfway decent pieces, but I just feel like at this stage, if you're going to continue to roll with Matt Ryan, make the offense as good as you can and just outshoot everybody. I mean, was it a great win? No, because at the end of the day, the Jaguars beat Miami last week, and the Jaguars are a putrid team. Miami is too. I don't understand why, but they just are. And we're coming off a bye week, and they flew from London last week. So it's like, bro, like that—that's kind of—that's a bit telling to me. But the the fans will, you know, spin their narrative to make them feel good. But I know you were saying, like, hey, if we're gonna roll Matt Ryan to keep it, give us the best offense. But that was kind of the idea with Julio Jones. Had we kept him, was to have all three of those guys, and, and really see what it could be. But at this point. <sighs> I think Matt Ryan will be better in year two because typically he's better in year two of his uh, new system. But I think it's a bit of fool's gold as we've played terrible teams the last couple of weeks. So I'm not I'm not getting too caught up with that um, just to kind of wrap up the Falcons talk. We played the Eagles, L, lost to the Buccaneers. We beat the Giants barely, 17-14. We lost to the Washington football team, which is another terrible team. Uh, we beat the Jets. Hmm? They play hard. Sure. We it's one score game, you know, whatever. Um, we beat the Jets again, barely by a touchdown. And at the end of the game, they almost came back. And then we beat the Dolphins by two points. So I guess the, the positive of this is, is that I think we're if I could do quick math, we're probably averaging over 21 points per game. So I guess that's 
that's a positive, but I thought you guys were closer to like maybe 24 ish. I'll be putting up points. First game, six, second, 25, okay, third, no. 14, 34, 27, 30. So maybe over 21 points. Yeah. That's well, we it. got. We got the Panthers coming up, which I think we can beat them because Darnold got benched. Saints, mm, I think we split with them. I'll say we lose to the Saints because Jameis Winston seems to have our number. Losing to the Cowboys, I'm, I'm going to make a bold pick. We're going to lose to the Patriots just because I trust Bill Belichick to out-scheme Arthur Smith. And uh, Mac Jones has looked all right. He had a pretty big day today. Jacksonville, I'm going to say we're going to beat Jacksonville only because of Irvin Meyer makes terrible decisions, but there's a world where I can see Jacksonville beating us. Uh, Tampa Bay L split with the Panthers. 49ers, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I should lose, but I don't know. They're kind of yeah. They've been kind of they've been underachieving. The Lions they went toe to toe with the with the Rams today. So that, that, but if we lose Jared Goff, then you know it is what it is. The Bills, we're getting dog pounded, and we'll beat the Saints. So it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting road towards the, the end of the season for for the the Atlanta Falcons. So shout out to them. But kind of stay on football and just kind of transition a little bit. There was a tweet going around, and of course, I took it and posted it on my tweet on my Twitter page. Sorry, and you've probably seen it if you're a sports fan. If you're on my page, you've definitely seen it. The title is One Has to Go and has a picture of from left to right. Randy Moss, Tara Owens, Jerry Rice, Calvin, or Calvin Johnson, almost say Calvin, really, and Larry Fitzgerald. Now, first and foremost, I don't think Fitzgerald should have been on this list. Um, but you know it is what it is. People put these lists together to drive conversations, as we are doing right now. So my pick was a bit controversial. It got a little heated in the group chat. Um, but I simply said by Jerry to Jerry Rice, which people would say he's the GOAT right receiver, the greatest of all time, all that jazz. And statistically, yeah. Statistically, yeah. And I, I received a little bit of flack. I was called a troll. Um, somebody said I was born after 1995. <laughs> uh, somebody called me an idiot. Um, a fanboy. Um, I don't, yeah, like there's there a couple some, other things I think. There were some, some very mean tweets out here. Um, one of the homies, you know, my was, thing is. Who the hell? Somebody they didn't retweet it. They like screenshotted it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna give a special shout out to uh, Florida the God, Air Florida Jordan, uh, one of my homeboy Gary's homeboys in a Gator Twitter. Um, he essentially said that I got packed up, <laughs> right? Like I guess my my tweet made it to his page, right? He posted dead body. Somebody break out the crime scene tape. This man's been ratioed to death, and I replied. Uh, I can't be ratioed if people agreed with me, so I gave him an F plus. But we chatted, you know, we follow each other now. It was just, you know, good fun, fun times on Twitter. Shout out to him. But I guess people do have the idea that because, like you said, statistically he's the greatest of all time. But I, I guess the problem is, is that my response lacked a lot of content. Like initially, I said it as a joke. 
because of the whole uh, Popeye's fiasco, right? If you, oh go, god, like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that was kind of my primary reason for him to to go. The whole, you know, cooning and buffooning with the damn, what was it, the Hell chicken the mask or chicken. the face mask? <laughs> Yo, that's first of all, you know what, that's another conversation for the day, but that's that's my first reason. I still, that's one of the memes I still have saved in my phone because it's just so great. Like, I just, well, also, shout out to um, the whole boy Amfro, the sneaker guide. Uh, and Jerry Rice said, All lives matter so much going on the road today. Can we all get along? Colin, I respect your stance, but don't disrespect the flag. So that's kind of the other reason to get him up out of here. So shout out to Anfro for that. But kind of to provide more context, if you follow me on Twitter, if you listen to Derek Burnation Report, shout out to them on Twitter. Um, what's up, Chan? What's up, King Quest in the chat? What's up, Lowski? You know, let's start from the let's start from the beginning, and, and this is kind of the the thing I posed. You going back to Colin Powell? What the fuck? No, no, not start from no, the, no. not the beginning of the podcast. But we'll talk about the beginning of this question. So, the real the way that I wish this was this was formatted with this question, and I'm not good at Photoshop. If I was, I would reformat it to be: if all these players were available in the 2022 NFL Draft. Which one would you draft? And I've asked several people this question. And you would be surprised <laughs> how Jerry Rice no longer is the GOAT, right? Well, but see, that's because when you're doing this, one got to go, you're able to use 2020 vision uh, going backwards. And we know what the, most of their careers, all of them, because Fitzgerald's semi-retired. He's old anyway. But... I get what you're saying. Like, of course, from a physical, from a physicality. You didn't let me say it. You didn't let me say it. So, and and this is, this is me. If I'm offense coordinator, right. And I've said this about the Falcons for, for a long time. You look at our roster right now, you can tell I, I I loathe the wide receiver talents were extremely thin, but as a offensive coordinator, your job is to maximize your ability to score points. Your job is to make your quarterback's life as easy as possible. He gets paid a lot of money. He kind of drives your offense. Points drive the lead, right? If I'm looking and evaluating talent, right, in the draft, if I have a wide receiver with the stats of 6'2", 200 pounds, with a blazing, blazing fast 40 time, of 4.71 seconds versus a wide receiver at 6'5", 235 pounds, with a 40-yard dash of 4.3 seconds. 4.3 seconds at 6'5", 230. There's nothing you can tell me that would compel me to draft the six two four seven guy. There's nothing you can tell me. I don't, I don't care how crispy his routes are. I'm not doing it. Simply for the fact that there's things physically a guy that's six five who can jump out the gym can do that a guy that's six two cannot. And we haven't even gotten to like the 
the advanced metrics of like their their catch radius. Like that's part of the reason why Kyle Pitts was drafted the highest tight end of all time at number four to the Falcons because of his physical specs, right? Just off potential. Like if your guy has a whatever catch raise where you pretty much throw in his direction, you're going to catch it. I, I would have to give my quarterback the opportunity, at least throwing the ball. Like it doesn't make any sense not to give your quarterback the best opportunity to succeed. And, and for me personally, that's why I prefer bigger, stronger, faster wide receivers. Yes, I understand, you know, like, hey, there's game speed. You know, Emmitt Smith wasn't the fastest. He wasn't the biggest. I understand that. However, if you were to drop Calvin Johnson off to those same teams that he was on with not one but two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back in the, you know, mid-80s, early 90s, late 2000s, I'm pretty sure they would have probably tried to lynch Calvin Johnson. They were like, yo, you can't you can't be doing this to these people on television. These people have families. Got to get you out of here. But if you were to drop Larry, Larry, fit not like Jerry, Jerry Rice off in Calvin Johnson's error on the same team with Matthew Stafford. I would be willing to bet a decent amount of money. He's not putting up those type of numbers. Like, I get it. We can't jump in the time machine. It is what it is. But if, if I can just go based on the metrics that I'm looking at, I, I would be I would feel like it was safe to say that that would be the case. Okay, so this is the thing that you're doing. So with the draft thing, that changes the entire dynamic of the question. There's been receivers in the past. Um, in fact, Georgia Tech's had a few of them. Um, the one that comes to mind is the Demarius Thomas. He's about 6'4", he was a 4'3", guy. His career, is he a Hall of Famer? Probably not. Um you go back to, I forgot what his first name is, but his last name was Hill that went to the Jets. Same thing, 6'3", 6'4", 4'3", You know, R.J. Soward, he was a 4'2 guy. He only made it a year in the league. He was a first-round pick. Um, knowing all that information now in the 2022 draft and then them two coming out of college, okay, Calvin Johnson had the physical specs, but he came from a triple option. So with that being said, he didn't have the amount of targets. Jerry Rice was a 4-7 guy. He deserved to be, what was he, a second, third round pick or late first? He wasn't an early pick. He deserved those, but he put up great numbers in college. Even in the pros, I think a lot of times people get away from what actually makes a good receiver? Because at the end of the day, you can have all the speed in the world, John Ross, not know how to run routes, and it does you no good. So you have to kind of get – and the thing is, if you're in a draft from college to then, and even in high school nowadays, you can see the tape. You can see who runs the routes. With that being said, if I could look at this guy and realize – because he caught – he still had good years all the way up until his 40. He was a hell of a route runner. I, you know, I know the stickum thing. I don't know if it's true or not, but he could catch. He wouldn't put it on the on the ground. Like one of the better things that I'll say, and this is just somebody I know that's an elite route runner as a younger person. Um, 
Antonio Brown. I know early on when he really started to take out, it was, oh, nah, he's no good. It's all about who they owe. It's all about Odell Beckham. It's all about this, all about that. The one thing he had over those guys is he is such a smooth, really good route runner. He's not the fastest guy. He's a 4-4 guy. And even if his, if we kept his trajectory without leaving Big Ben and, and throwing penises at women and everything else that he did that was wild and crazy, his stats, if they're not already better than Calvin Johnson, they would have been better than Calvin Johnson. He's a better route runner, just like Jerry Rice is. He does have a lot more speed than Jerry, but I don't want us to ever truly get away from how a great route runner can be a great receiver, even more so than just your super athletic guy. Like route running, catching, precisions coming in and out of your route. You could be a 4-3 and can't cut. You know what I'm saying? We, we've seen these things. We've seen uber-athletic people that don't have agility. Jerry Rice is the greatest route runner we've ever seen, by far. Greatest hands. He put up some of the greatest numbers we've ever seen consistently. That dude's the real deal. Like, if you knew what was going to be of their careers, you're going to take Jerry Rice. If you're going back, yeah, of course, I would take Moss because he, he was a 4-2 guy. He's 6-4. He could really jump out of the gym. And all in all, Moss is just a mutt. Like, he's in a different class. I, you know, but I get it. From a physical standpoint, we're going to take the, the big, strong, fast guy. But as we've seen in life, sometimes the fastest person isn't the best at football. So. Um, I would, if I was doing it, I would do Larry Fitzgerald just because the stats are kind of similar. Um, but even if still, once again, I know Larry Fitzgerald's career was longer. His career was better than Calvin Johnson's. Because this is what it is. Calvin didn't do nothing with all that speed and all that size. He had like maybe what four really good years. Yeah. And again, it's a, it's a definitely a nuanced layered question because again, <clears throat> Jerry Rice had the, the opportunity and he was fortunate to play with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Calvin Johnson got drafted to the Detroit Lions. And he had the quarterback with the best arm strength in the league. Yeah, and that's why he was able to do what he, he does. But, I mean, we can't act like the Matthew Stafford wasn't the most underachieving first overall pick at quarterback who doesn't catch any flag for it for whatever reason. But it He's is what solid. it is. That's why. Did they win any playoff he came, games? He came in the year after Jamarcus, so they, that's probably why he doesn't really get the flack. But, I mean, when you think of what you want, I mean, what, he has one playoff win? He's only been to the playoffs maybe two times? Yeah, that's unacceptable. But I think that's more of a, a franchise problem. And that's why I, I get it that, you know, stat-wise. But the, I think the cool thing about this, the only cool thing about this, uh, this graphic is that all these players are either Hall of Fame players or will be Hall of Fame players. So you're kind of – it's not like you're picking between just stat guys. Like you're looking at guys that are all going to make the Hall of Fame or are already in the Hall of Fame. And if I have – and if you have to reorder it, it you know, you can kind of go where you want to go. I just can't see where picking somebody that's bigger and faster and that we know is still good is is not a good thing. I, I just can't wrap my wrap my mind around that. Like there's cats that were taking Megatron off the list. I'm just like, but again, that was without me giving my context. So I guess that makes sense. Just for me, if I'm an offense coordinator, if I'm a coach, give me the big, fast, tall guy that can jump out the gym. That's 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 just my personal preference. No disrespect to Jay Rice. He did his thing at his age, but yeah. 
I mean, to me, you can kind of even flip that too if you want to use the Emmett Smith thing. That'd be just like saying, okay, Emmett, Barry, CJ2K, Derrick Henry. So the the Derrick Henry CJ2K, theory. okay, that's a that's a difficult one, but he I'm I'm just saying from the athleticism, he's the fastest running back ever. Coming out of college, who would you want? And, and that's where the, the nuance comes into because depends what your scheme is. But that's kind of really what it boils down to. If you're if you're running up like for example, if you have a I mean, I know most NFL offenses are kind of pass first, but um let's look at the Saints back in their heyday when they drafted um your boy from um Alabama, Mark Ingram, right? They were like a pass first offense. His skill set, I think, was misused. I think he was mis not used to his full potential in New Orleans because they didn't really no, he's, run. he's never been used as full. Experience. Yeah, so it's like, all right, cool. You could have had a Derrick Henry there, but he would have never reached his potential because that's not what he's being asked to do. But I, me, okay, so me, if I'm looking at a running back, of course you want a guy that can block on third down. Uh, Derrick Henry. 4 he can catch out of the backfield. That that's that's what would change for me. He can catch because if you can catch, like man, if your offensive line, offense line is struggling at the end of the day, hey, I can put this guy and get a match out on the outside, right? And, and it's kind of contradictory because I just said like, hey, give me the big, fast, strong guy, which would be Derrick Henry. Two different positions, two different positions, two different dynamics. Well, see, so. he's a four-five guy and a four-two guy. Is that that's a lot different. And he's yeah, a way but, better receiver out of backfield. But That's also, three seconds off. But also that four or five changes when people are just making decision not to want to tackle you. You know what I'm saying? Like when you see me coming down the pipe, that's great. You're a four or five. You can run it all the way down the field. I'm not gonna. I'm not touching you. I'm not getting ran over <laughs> to try to tackle somebody that big and that fast and that strong. So, so Emmitt Smith good was point, a four or five Rich, guy. Four Rich five five. So I already know him being a four-five-five guy. Him and De- Derrick Henry is probably really close in speed, and of course Derrick Henry is a lot bigger than he is, two fifty. And then you have, like I said, CJ Two K and Barry Sanders were both four-two guys. You just be like, no, I don't, I don't want Emmitt Smith. And Even Emmitt though Smith also can't for his. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Emmitt Smith also had the the benefit of playing for a great offensive line having a Hall of Fame quarterback and a Hall of Fame receiver on the same team. So that that always helps. Like, that that didn't hurt. So it, it's one – it's a harder argument than, like, basketball. I know the top 75 list came out, which I'm sure Marcus wants to talk about because he watches a lot more basketball than me. But with basketball, it's a little bit different because, like, literally in basketball, one player can take over an entire game. Unlike with football, you had other – a lot more moving parts that have to go right for people to be successful. So. Yeah, because one team allegedly has the greatest quarterback of all time. They've won one Super Bowl, which was kind of lucky. Yeah, so you know that's 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 interesting. So definitely, uh, I definitely appreciate the interaction with that. It's like people, people like to get worked up. Like, hey, man, like no disrespect. It's just. My personal preference, but anywho, transitioning on, I saw a uh, a tweet that was pretty interesting. Uh, 
pretty much something that affects 99% of our lives, probably. Um, it was recently the 20-year anniversary of the iPod, which, I mean, I could not even boldly say, I could, you know, I could confidently say that the iPod revolutionized the music industry. Low-key kind of killed parts of the music industry, but overall, I think it has improved music for the better. I do have an early generation iPod that I bought from one of my friends. I think that bad boy holds like 60,000 songs, some wild number of songs. Okay, Mr. Savage got one. Yeah, I got a white one. I think I got the same one. But yeah, fat, fat one. This is the first one. Yeah, they they definitely, definitely changed the game, man. Like pre-iPhone, like, man, the iPod was so clutch, man. You know what I'm saying? You got your music saved on there. You can vibe out. You know what I'm saying? Getting your zone. I know when I worked at Starbucks, I used to listen to my iPod on breaks just because I, I fucking hated working at that place. The, one of the worst jobs I've ever had in my life. And I remember listening to my iPod at work, just getting in the zone, get my mind right, which is crazy to say I had to do that to work at Starbucks, but you know, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I feel like everybody has been impacted by this because I, I would assume that they probably ushered in, you know, big part of like, you know, buying music on your on your device, you know, moving into the streaming era and kind of uh, undercutting the whole CD industry. Because that, that kind of used to be a thing, like everybody kind of from you know, our era before, well, a little bit before, would have their their CD book with all the CDs they had and the and the, and the the CD covers and the album covers, just kind of how CDs killed, you know, vinyls. So, but I, I definitely think that was one of, you know, one of the top inventions of the last 50, 60, maybe, you know, probably 50 years. Well, probably, no, let's go, let's say 20 years. Yeah, I was going to say 50 is a lot, but... Um... I don't know ten twenty something like that. So yeah, yeah. I've, I've had I have two iPods. I actually still have one in the car. That's uh, I think it's one hundred and twenty gig. And as long as I have the cars that still have the Apple Link or whatever, like they come with like a cable, just put it in the car and just in case I don't feel like streaming, I want to go back to because I have like a lot of mixtapes on mine, like classic stuff, like you know, Dedication Two, Dedication One. Uh, more about nothing, uh, Kush, Kush and OJ or OJ and Kush, like just a lot of real classic mixtapes, real classic albums. Some of them aren't even on Apple Music or Tidal or any of those. So I always try to keep at least one of them with me. Um, man, I just remember so many times, like when I first started my weight loss journey, it was actually because of the, the iPod. I had a purple iPod and it had this, um, this, Nike app and they have like this little sensor at the bottom. You plug it to your iPod and I walk around with it and I track my miles. That was the one thing that helped to keep me motivated was like I would set little goals and stuff like that uh, to reach those things. So I, like I said, so many memories, so many times, um, you know, walking to work, listening to an iPod, you know what I'm saying? Just like when before, because during those times that it came out, we didn't have smartphones yet. Okay, Lowski. Yeah, Lowski. That's why you're stealing iPods. That's crazy. 
Wow. Yeah, Chatelowski. Yeah, man, that's 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 pretty cool, man. Think about that that they've been around for shit longer than KJ's been alive. Like, and that's kind of probably all people like him know. Like, yo, download my music on this device and go about my, download this music on my phone. Well, let's, we didn't get to that part. Like, this used to be for the younger cats out there. The iPod was separated from your phone, right? And this is before the iPhone, which I think came out like 2007, 2006 or something like that. So they they definitely revolutionized the game, letting you have access to your music at the same place where you make phone calls, which now has evolved into all kinds of madness. Like you can be on your phone. You can be watching a movie. You can be playing a game, scrolling through Twitter at the same damn time. So downloading WhatsApp and speaking to people across the world. Yeah. So definitely shout out to Steve Jobs. Like I, I, I kind of at, at sometimes I do like being away from my phone, but like we we've kind of we've kind of gotten to the point in life where like phones and music are kind of ubiquitous. Like if you have a phone, you have access to music, which is pretty cool. You know, and with, the crazy thing is, is anything that you want, just about, just like that. Like, I don't know, were you were you like a tape player kid? I know you probably had a Walkman and stuff, <clears> like that, right? I mean, I grew up. Yeah, in the Christian cassette household. tape player. I've I've had one before. Yeah. I mean, just imagine as a kid walking around and damn, that's my favorite song. Let me let me click rewind and then <laughs> let me try to figure it out like what the fuck Lowski posting the chat taking know. news and listening to your favorite podcast at the same time yes which is the ktsc app definitely subscribe on apple Podcasts if you haven't <coughs> Lowski, go ahead and drop a review if you haven't appreciate that um yeah yeah ha- having a tape man like it's 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 almost like we're spoiled to the point where like yo you can just look up any almost any artist because there are some artists that you cannot find Elliot Wilson on title. I, I, I added you this week. I need you to add this song. I'm trying to make this playlist. And I was going through looking for uh, one of the samples for a song for a playlist I was making. And that song is not on title. And I am very disgusted. But, you know, we've gotten spoiled. So yeah, we have. maybe you'll see my tweet and add this so I can, you know, get my playlist together. But probably won't. But it is what it is. Yeah, I, I could just remember, you know, speaking of tape players, like if I like the song on the radio, having to, you know, wait till the countdown comes on and recording and all that. And now I can literally just, if I hear a sound, I'm like, oh, what? okay, that's kind of tight. Let me, let me flip flop to that real quick. So we're definitely spoiled. Um, you know what? And I kind of want to go and I know. I'm not the moderator, so you're reading everything, but I wanted to do the the on the app thing because my I mean my thing for it kind of ties into it. So go ahead. Well, let's let's, let's uh, introduce the new section uh created by L Shop. A shout out to her. So we're gonna start a new cha- uh, new I can't talk today, a new segment called On the Ave, which is an opportunity for you guys to bring us topics that you want to talk about in the podcast. And we started off internally with L, who's been in and out. But uh, we'll let uh, we'll actually let Mr. Savage. What the fuck? Negron lames. All right. So we'll let Mr. Savage do us on the ad. It's also just kind of a a part of the podcast. Let us talk about stuff going on in our lives. 
definitely send in your on the abs, whether it be direct message or you can just add the podcast. Probably best just add one of us, whoever you follow. So we'll, we'll be looking for your on the ab recommendations. And I'm sure there will be some prizes attached to this on the ab. So if you send in good topics to get the timeline popping, we might hook you up. So, Mr. Savage. What's going on in the ad with you, my brother? Okay, so I know the common theme was about, um, you know, what do you do when you're bored? Um, and while we were talking about the phones and the, the revolutionizing different things, something, and I'm, I'm going to tie this back in, but first, if you have a TikTok, I did not know that your friends can see your liked videos. So make sure that you uncheck that option because if, if you're like me and Los is supposed to you because we're not friends, but it always recommends me to follow you for some. Oh, because I guess I recommended it to you. But when I saw that, I was like, dang, you know, because I in my spare time when I'm bored, I'm in my phone, I'm on TikTok, and I'm looking at these fine ass black women with the, the booty shaking and she make it clap, and you know, the large breasts and beautiful brown skin and just I'd be really lost in TikTok or either I'll look at like some you know who's murdering who or um freaking space stuff and skinwalkers I just be all I, I'd be like you you ain't even gotta shake it if it just look if you just wearing some nice clothes I'ma like it so I know my friends are probably like oh my god this nigga is a sicko which I kind of am but when I'm bored, the the first thing I look for is my phone. Like I'm just obsessed with it. Like um, I'll go from app to app to app, see if I can harass anybody. Um, I check my emails multiple times a day at fucking two o'clock in the morning, just up with nothing to do, or I'll start playing gin rummy on my phone, or I'll start uh playing solitaire on my phone or like everything that I'm doing when I'm bored, it's just, I pick up that phone. Like I am, I am hooked on it to where, I don't know. Like I, I just can't, it's hard to stay away from it. It's always on me. So when I'm bored, I'm the type that gets lost in my phone, uh, lost on these apps, you know, lost making snaps. So it kind of is what it is. Um, so my question to everybody out there, if you want to respond to this podcast, what do you do when you get bored? South Breaks. So right now, as you were talking, I've I've gotten caught up in some madness on my phone. Um, this this game has been out for a while, and I kind of didn't understand how people got hooked on like phone games, but now I, I've discovered the anarchy that has ensued. Um, I'm currently playing uh, Clash of Clans. Um, very, the concept of the game is very simple, but like it low key, there's a lot of strategy to it. You got to grind it out, build up your clan. You know what I'm saying? Collect loot, collect elixir so you can upgrade shit. Attack towns. It's it's low key kind of cool. I'm in a clan with some people I know. Be putting. Oh, in you work. know what? I think I seen an advertisement for that. I'm not down. I bro, I've seen that advertisement a thousand times. It never crossed my mind one time to even think about clicking on I that. I thought shit. it was because you know, like the homescape games, they'll say it's one way, and then you download them, and they're not that good. So that's what I thought it was. I'm gonna download that now, bro. I'll be on this shit all day <laughs> for <laughs> like, like if you're waiting for anything, you're just like fuck it. Let me go ahead and run some uh some 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 uh, some clan wars real quick and, and build up my squad or whatever. 
but yeah, that's my new thing when I get bored is playing Clash of Clans. So if you're trying to if you try to jump in the clan, holler at me, DM me, we can put in some work. But like I tweeted out that I play Clash of Clans more than I play my PlayStation 5 and my Xbox Series X, which is pathetic. PlayStation, can you please drop some games? <laughs> please. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. Xbox, you too. I, I need that Halo uh, Infinite to drop. I think it comes out in uh, December. So if you play Halo, holler at me. Chan said, I use YouTube, Apple Music for meditation when I'm bored. I love filthy. What? Oh, she meant filthy in a Christ-like way. Um, yeah, yeah, Loski, we know that you tweet controversial. I think you must be bored of life. You tweet a lot of controversial tweets, to be honest. like. Yeah, you be taking it way too far with your stuff sometimes. Like, sometimes I'm up in the morning, I'm eating some scrambled eggs, and I'm hearing about nasty stuff. And I'm like, come on, dude. Like, here I am trying to have me a nice piece of toast and a freaking poached egg, and I got to read about jizzle nizzles and cum strizzles. And it's just like, what, what is wrong with this nigga? Like, I'd really be waiting for the day that they just suspend your ass again. I can't believe you've gotten away with it because you be saying, way worse stuff than I do, and I always get busted, so it is what it is. And that's a, a smooth, smooth transition into Lil Boosie. Speaking of getting blocked or banned from, from Twitter, I, I don't know what's going on with Lil Boosie. It is obsessing. Actually, we're going to call him Lil Boosie, Lil Bussy, Lil Bussy. Um, because I think he wants his, his, his Boosie busted open because he is obsessed with Lil Nas X. And for, yeah, yeah. What, for whatever reason, I, I cannot understand <laughs> why. So according to Billboard, Lil Nas X addressed the idea of making a song with Lil Boosie, who did not react kindly. Uh, over the weekend, a clip of Lil Nas X from Instagram Live popped up saying, I've been working on a song with Lil Boosie, bro. I had the song Lil Boosie go come out. And Lil Boosie responded to his name being brought up by Lil Nas X. With a vile homophobic attack that suggested industry baby rapper should commit suicide. Um, I, ew, I I'm going to bleep out the words that Little Boosie said, um, because they were inappropriate and not good for a Christian value based podcast like this. So here we go. He said, "Stop trolling me, you f word that rhymes with maggot." LOL. You're a whole bitch playing with my. Playing with a gangster, shaking my head. You you can keep sucking D and getting effed in your A in peace. Hashtag you hate yourself. I would too. If I was you. Mind you, this is all in all caps, so he really means this. If I was you, LOL, Nas X, if you hashtag commit suicide, you would do this world a huge favor. Nobody wants you here. And uh, it's been deleted because it violated Twitter rules. First of all, did this Negro get suspended from IG too? Like, what's? Yeah, he had women showing exposing themselves or something. <laughs> what do you say? Put your, he said, put your, your something on the title. I'll give you a thousand dollars. Yeah, okay. he he's a wild boy, definitely a wild boy. But that and and yeah. How old is Lil Boosie? He gotta be like, he gotta be like, Lil Boosie like 42, 41. 
Yeah, man. Like, I know he's got kids. Like, you got no kids troll, man. Like, there's no reason for you to act in, in such a visceral manner, right? Because somebody mentioned your name. He didn't talk foul about you. He was clearly, <laughs> he was clearly making a joke, and you just went nuclear. Yeah, Labusi is about to turn 39. Oh, wow. I thought he was older than that. So, born in 82. 82. So let's 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 break down what what he said, right? Not all of it, because you know that's his business. All right, so he said, if you commit suicide, you would do this world a huge favor. Nobody wants you here. So let's 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 run the let's run the numbers. Let's do some fact checking. So um, I went on, <laughs> looked at official Boosie's YouTube page. It looks like his wow. 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 Okay. Okay. So little Boosie has 1.5 million subscribers. And su- surprisingly, he has a video. I might have to watch this later. He has a video that he put out six months ago that has 43 million views. That's that's impressive for Lil Boosie. I'm not gonna lie. I thought he was more of a regional guy. Well, the song features the baby, so it's probably more the baby than Lil Boosie, but that's neither here nor there. Go Lil Nas X's YouTube page. He has, Okay, one dude is almost 40. You know it's going to be. Okay, come on. he has 16.8 million subscribers. Oh, that's impressive. Um, his video, Panini. Wow. Wowzers. All right. So he has a video Panini that came out two years ago. That has 420 million views. He has a video called Scoop that has 10 million views. I for, I completely forgot. I keep I completely forgot he did Old Town Road, which it that is? remix. Yeah, it has. Yeah. That remix has 838 million views. So the idea that people don't want little Boosie here. The numbers are telling a completely different story. So, yeah, leave, leave that kid alone, man. Like, it's not, it's not that serious, man. It's, it's really not, not that serious. First of all, <laughs> Boosie might be. Gay. That's what, what I'm thinking. Because <laughs> why are you going so hard on this man, man? It don't make no sense. Like. First of all, you have eight kids and you're 39 years old. And I'm sure his kids are probably kind of in the vicinity of age as Lil Nas X. Yeah. And it's kind of like, bruh, at the end of the day, he has like a, he has some sick affliction with gay people. Like me. Like my thoughts on 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 gay people and things like that, just in general, is it's not my body. You're not doing anything to hurt me. Live your life. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna hunt you down. I don't need to curse you out on Twitter or curse you out on social media. Like, why are you going so hard? You 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 drop the f bomb. You know what times we're in, nigga. Like they're gonna cancel you. You know you. All oh, his sons have this. I, yeah, you're right. I I did used to see that all his sons had that. Crazy looking haircut. 
But my thing is, at the end of the day, why are you put? You have diabetes. You have eight kids, six baby mamas, a record label. You were just shooting a movie. You know, you were in prison, and then I was looking at something in his movie. There are gay men in the movie, like that were sleeping. What prison men? Prison women? Men? Prison oh. trans people? My bad. I don't. Know. But I oh, fucked that up. <laughs> oh, okay. Continue. <laughs> okay, so he, uh, yeah, so little Boosie does have a weird obsession. I mean, my first of all, I, I guess my biggest problem with all of this is that little Boosie had has the nerve. And I'll borrow from Stephen A. Smith, the unmitigated gall to have either an album or mixtape series called Goat Talk that made it to a part three. And I'm here to tell you, if you think Lil Boosie is the goat in any way, shape, form, or fashion, <laughs> please block me <laughs> immediately. The shadow blog says Boosie looks like a skeleton wrapped in black electrical <laughs> I'm not gonna oh, lie, man. When we were younger, I was I was whamming at Boosie, and um, I think I still have ghetto music in my car. Like I always like I keep two CDs with me, and one of them is always gonna be more about nothing, 400 degrees if it's not stolen, because you know how niggas do, and ghetto music. Like you know, I hate he has to go out like that, but I can't even listen to him no more because it's like, bruh, you really like. Especially when you get to the point where you can identify that you have people in your family, even if you can't, it's just, you know, being a black person, being a person in general, you know, you don't want to see anybody getting discriminated on. So, you know, as an ally myself, because I have gay family members, which I do, my cousin called me out because he said, you always say crazy stuff. And then you'd be like, well, my cousin's gay and I could do that. But anyway, regardless of that. I forgot what I was going to say again. God damn it. This, this is a rough one for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, get, get your eight hours, lay off the blow, you know. Um, but, yeah, man, we – and this kind of ties in, I guess, to the, the Chappelle, the closer last week. And, and this is kind of my, my problem, I guess, that Marcus was saying. Like, I thought it was funny, right? I didn't see a problem with it, but – it, it, I, I have no right to tell somebody what they're offended by. So if people in that community are offended by a stand-up, like he said at the end of it, he's not going to make any more of these jokes until he's sure that everybody is laughing together, which I can respect. Yeah. But the thing is, like, stand-up like that will have people that ride for little Boosie, who's clearly homophobic. And I, I could grasp that Dave Chappelle wasn't. That wasn't really his beef. He clearly said his beef was with white people. But people that were homophobic will use that as a kind of a shield or a blanket to cover their homophobia or their transphobia or whatever. And and that's kind of where the problem problem lies, because people don't people lack context, which ties back to the tweet about me dropping Jerry Rice from that list. <clears throat> people lack context. When you lack context, you make problematic, dangerous and oftentimes stupid statements on various social media platforms. So 
Lil Boosie, I hope they ban you from Twitter. Like you're you're a clown. I mean, that's pretty cut and dry with that. So no shout out. My to thing him. is also just one last thing. I remember this time. As a person that should be a member of the ADA, America's Americans with Disabilities Act, as a person with diabetes, um, why would you like you, you have an issue? What what if people assume that oh well only gay people can get diabetes or or you know just make like wild statements like that similar to how the world you know when we first heard about AIDS we tried to automatically ban Magic Johnson what if it would have what if you were discriminated against for your disabilities you have how would you feel or if I'm I'm trying to think correct I think he actually has a daughter that is gay so it's like why are you so like why are you going so hard at this one young man? At the end of the day, he lied. He said y'all had a song together that was coming out. You didn't. All you had to say was say, hey, he's lying. End of story. Or even, it would have been even funnier and wilder if he would have did the emoji with the shh. It would have been even funnier. Like, just don't say nothing. At the end of the day, it's not like he said, hey, Here's Lil Boosie's address, or hey, this is where Lil Boosie's kids go to school. Like you're you're just taking it too hard and too far. And like Shan said, people's principles sometimes make their art trash. And like at this point, I just can't listen. I listened to that Goat Talk album the first one. It was okay, but at this point, I can't I can't listen to Boosie because it's like I have a family member that is a part of that community. And even if I didn't, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. If a white person came on and said, hey, I don't like you mud monkeys, you N-words, you this, you this, you this, black, blackly, black, 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 all of that, it's the same thing. And you as a black person, Boosie, you got to do better. And, and, to wrap, and, and to wrap that up, I, I will recite some lyrics from a Lil Boosie song titled They Dykin'. Boosie badass and 90% of these hoes out there. Yeah, they dykin'. Yeah, they dykin'. I got my bitch up in the room. I'm finna rip her ass apart. Brung my <laughs> other bitch and made her eat it in the dark. Now she dykin'. Now she dykin'. <laughs> Two red bones kissing in the back seat. Girls don't stop, keep going, and relax me. You want me to join in, then they ask me. I like girls who like girls that attract me. So this is typical that people have a problem with homosexuality, unless it's women. So can't have it both ways, little boosie. You can't. They can't be dicey. No, you want it both ways. You can be mad at my sex. And yeah, that shit was a bang. That's like the only little boozy song I like. <laughs> because I remember the homies we played that shit. So, but yeah, that maybe it was a Jeezy beat. But yeah, you can't you can't have them dyke and be mad at gay people. Like that doesn't make any sense. You can't do that. You can't do that. But anywho, perfect transition. Speaking of music, to our song of the week. If we were cool and had drops, we'd have like a cool drop that'd be like song of the week, 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 or something like that. But I'll start off. Um, I, I I was late, a little late to the party, and I'm disgusted the timeline did not, you know, put this album on the radar a little bit more. 
But uh, I, I listen to Baby Keen's uh, Melodic Blues. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably going to think my song of the week is uh, Family Ties, which I and I like the song when it first came out, but I didn't really listen to it, if that makes sense. Like, I went straight to the Kendrick Lamar part, or that was the part that I was kind of kind of honed in on. But, like, that whole song bangs. Like, I had that shit on repeat in the gym. Like, Baby King spazzing that shit. Kendrick Lamar spazzing that shit. But my song of the week is going to be the last track on that CD called, uh, damn, see, not CD, but on that album, it's called 16. And it is, it is a departure from the rest of the album. It's a very mellow uh, keyboard, keyboard-laden track, very melodic, probably about three, three chords, very simple track. But it, it sounds like, and I want you to go listen to this and, and let me know what you think on Twitter or even on the YouTube comments. This sounds like a song that if an artist like Post Malone did, this song would be a hit. Keep that in mind. You'll listen to the song this week. It's called 16 by Baby King off Melodic Blues. It's an excellent song. I had this song on repeat as well. It's sad. Um, the description on Genius is the final track of his debut album, 16, sees Baby King describing a tender yet crumbling relationship seen himself in an unnamed woman with an unfortunate impoverished upbringing um so it's it's uh you know it's a little bit it's a little bit heavy but it's 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 a great track it just it caught my attention it caught my ear and i i, I definitely want you guys to check it out let me know what you think yeah Losi, i'm late i i've been stuck on on what i think maybe ah, do i want to say that now i've been stuck on what i think maybe one of the best albums of the year we're gonna make our list here soon but I've been locked in on those couple of albums. But yeah, this this is a and, and shout out to the West Coast. Like the West Coast, high key has put out the best music, hip hop for me. And I'd probably say in general because Baby Key's a West Coast, Baby King's West Coast artist. You got Tyler Creator, you got Larry June, and you got um, your man's Vince Staples. So um, you know that that's gonna be my semi hot take. But yeah, definitely check out Baby Keem. 16 on the album melodic blues okay so <clears throat> i'll announce the people in the chat that are participating song of the week and then announce mine so first we're going to start out with um shan said my song of the week is caramel by wale hey i like that king quest fluctuate by wale i gotta check that album out i'm gonna listen to that tomorrow i haven't i haven't got a chance to get to that yet now, see, and then well, I'll get to that in just a second. Low Skis is going to be one of my all time favorite tracks. Uh, my pops love this song. I've heard this song probably the most that I've heard of any song in my life. Careless Whisper, aka Wham, or George Michael is Low Skis song of the week. For me, this time I was going to choose Kodak Black, Feeling Peachy, but. Today I heard the Wale, poke it out. Then that's like uh, I love that beat. The original beat was from a Viver thing. Yes, and I heard that featuring J Cole. I was like, yeah, this is this is legit, right? I like the song, and I was like, I'm gonna do that next week, you know, because I already got a song. But yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to poke it out. Like that that beat, the vibe, um, them riding in the jeep, the girls on the bikes, like. 
it's something that's so subtle, but it's so sexy. Like, you know, without the girls twerking, they're riding on bikes. You know what we're looking at on that. So um, definitely poke it out, whole vibe. I just wish it came out earlier in the summer since we're in a place where it's kind of starting to get cold in Carolina. But um, that's my song of the week. So thank y'all. It's the low key, the little booty anthem. I heard it. I heard about that song on a Joe Budden's podcast, and he was disappointed that a song with Wale and J Cole didn't go that hard. That it was more of a, I guess, a TikTok commercial song because, like, I've seen like, you know, TikToks on Twitter of people, you know, dancing to that little song. So, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think we hit all our marks. Um, yeah, so we definitely appreciate y'all rocking with us. It's been an hour. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Um, make sure I shout y'all out. We got Chan, King Quest, Lowski, the Shadow Blog, newcomer. Appreciate that. We'll follow you on YouTube as well. Hopefully, you can bless us back. I think we're at 75 followers. So, definitely want to try to get to 100. So, definitely tell your friends when we re- retweet the podcast, all that fun stuff. Uh, appreciate everything you guys do for us. Uh, and I guess my shout out of the week, and we're trying to do that as well, a little bit more consistency. Uh, my shout out is going to be to my one of my new followers that I mentioned earlier. Let me see if I can find his name so I can add him in the podcast. Uh, Air Florida Jordan, uh, the, the gentleman that did not like my take, but we're, we're cool now. Shout out to him. That That is my shout out of the week, along with El Chop and Marcus Sniffles. And the usual, Rev, Tribbles, Jif, Autumn, Halloween, Jalen, Josh. Everybody rocks with us. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Schizo Bangs. Shout out to Shan for making that grand comeback like we need, needed you to. Um, one of the homies at Chinks with double X's. Um, just everybody that's been um been rocking with us, and I'm gonna actually give because somebody hit me up personally for a podcast link. So want to get this young man's name. You know what he might have been about. Who cares? Um, anyway, th- thank y'all for rocking with us. And I'm AC3. Actually, my name is Tech Messiah. I'm sorry, and I'm out. Actually, I lied. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Uh, today against the Bears who were getting who got packed up. Justin Fields, man, I hope you get it together, but you're in a horrible situation. I low-key hope once they fire Matt Nagy that they bring in a uh, Eric Bieniemy. I think it would be a good situation for him as their defense is pretty stacked. And I think he has a creative mind to get the most out of Justin Fields. Hopefully his confidence isn't broken from the beating system taken. Like, this dude would drop back and get sacked and lose the ball. Anywho, Tom Brady threw his 600th touchdown pass, which is insane. Like, you might hate him. As, as a Falcon supporter, you know what I'm saying? We had that incident that happened in the Super Bowl. It is what it is. They only make one of those guys, right? Stop thinking that your quarterback is going to play till 49, or however old Tom Brady is. They only made one of those guys. But anywho, um, he threw a 600 touchdown pass to Mike Evans, who unknowingly gave the football away to somebody in the crowd. So when they realized that, one of the officials from the Buccaneers staff went to the crowd, and I guess they negotiated for two minutes to get the football back. And I'm not going to Google this, but from what I heard, 
he gave it back in exchange for another signed football and like a signed jersey. And I'm like, who raised you? They said right. that that ball was worth five hundred thousand dollars. It's it's worth more than that. Yeah, at least five thousand five hundred thousand dollars. Fam. Maybe he didn't know, right? Maybe he's a casual fan. Maybe he was like, oh, it's just a football. Like, I, I, I feel that he didn't know the significance of that football. Like, that football is going to be in the Football Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? Like, that ball is part of NFL history. Like, that's the equivalent of ah, – fuck. That's the equivalent of somebody selling you a house but leaving their their stash of – I don't know, diamonds and pearls or, you know, whatever that has unnamed value. And you being like, hey, you can have this back. Just uh, can you mow my lawn for the first two weeks? And, you know what I'm saying? Put gas in my car or something like that. Like, what? Fam, you'd have had to meet my legal team. I'd have been on Good Morning America the next day. Like, nah, bro, you're not, you are not getting this football back for anything less than $1 million in cash. And that's that's where we're starting at. This is on top of me getting lifetime passes to the Buccaneers games for me and two of my friends with good seats. This this fool, like, yo, if we had better production, I would have a drop that was like, yo, DJ Khaled, you played yourself. Cause like, bro, 600 and you and you gave two minutes, two minutes and you gave that shit back. Like, I I, I wish I knew who you were so I could personally clown you in person, but I'm sure that if you're on social media or once you got home, you realize what you did. You you probably feel very, very stupid, very sad. And I hope you, you know, revel in that pain and sorrow. But yeah, I guess that could be a question of the week. What would it have taken for you to give that football back to the officials for Tom Brady 600? For me, nothing less than a million dollars in cash. But anywho, the South Reef 706 for KTSTF live episode 75. Let's see. Marcus said, Marcus said, as soon as I got the ball, I'm fleeing the state. You don't have to flee. He gave you the ball. Like what, what, like, well, yeah, you know what? There might be some goons out there, but yeah, I mean, he gave you the ball. I'm not, let's see. <laughs> okay. Marcus said, Brady's going to have to wow. top me off on the 20 yard line. Yo. And low key, if you go back and listen to the broadcast, like Tony Romo was out of pocket. Like he said, like, yo, I'm gonna have to get a, a night with Giselle. I'm like, bro, like that's his wife. <laughs> he said that. I was like, bro. And he was like, oh yeah, he let him do it. So I'm like, well, shit. Are, are they swingers? Is that did, did Tony Romo low key spill the tea that like Tom Brady and his wife are out here swinging? Like, I mean, he said it. That 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 was almost as bad as the Mark Jackson <laughs> respectfully take for uh for LeBron James' wife, beautiful wife, Savannah James. So. Yeah, go back and, and if you can find find the game, if you record, if you have like uh, you know TiVo where we record stuff, go back and listen to what Tony Romo said. Like he was hell out of pocket for that. But anywho, yes, Marcus is out in the streets catching more COVID. Um, hopefully, we have some some good maybe concert updates. So I'm guessing he's at another concert uh, next week's episode. Um, hopefully, this in the song of the week. Uh, again, I will wrap it up again. This is KTSC Av episode seventy-five. We out. Peace. So the episode is over, but what I'm gonna do.